0: Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersena from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. March 18th. It's sunny outside, and apparently yes monday is the first day of spring but it sure doesn't feel like it this morning very crisp and cold it was on the jaunt down to the garden center and the little bit of indication that it is spring here is a few sign telltale signs soil under the nails a little bit of dirt on the pants every day we're in production and we're getting seeding done And it's so appropriate because we just had, yep, St. Patty's Day. And what a wonderful way to bring in spring by seeing so much green. It's all about the little bit of green for the shamrock for St. Patty's Day and the shamrock plant. So please take a listen. The Dear Little Shamrock there's a dear little plant that grows in Ireland, to St. Patrick himself, sure, that said it, and the sun on his labour with pleasure did smile and a tear from his eyes oft went wet it. It grows through the bog, through the brake, and through the mireland and it's called the dear little shamrock of Ireland. That dear little plant still grows in our land, fresh and fair as the daughters of Erin whose smiles can bewitch and whose eyes can command, in each climate than they ever appear in. For they shine through the bog, through the brake, through the mireland, just like their own dear little shamrock of Ireland, that dear little plant that springs from our soil when its three little leaves are extended, denotes from the stock we together should toil and ourselves be ourselves be befriended and through the bog, through the brake, and the mirland, from one root should branch like the shamrock of Ireland. Welcome back, everyone. We're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal for, yes, it's March 18th. I can't believe how fast Things are progressing. If you have a chance to visit to your favorite garden center, head out there and see what's happening. You will be inspired. There is something about going to a garden center at this time of year. If you haven't had a chance to get your seeding going, uh, it's that hummusy scent and the visual of all this greenery. It is uplifting. It's inspiring, and yes, it's relaxing. Um, Relaxing on the home front, a little bit here on the production side, I have to say. We here at St. Mary's are in muscle, I always call it muscle building mode, because yes, we're getting things going and growing that's here. And this is the time where you get to start your seating. And have. You, and here's the question, okay? The lines are open, 1-800-374-3315. So you can call from near or... If you're way out there far, you can call us too as well. But this is the time where we start to do seeding. And I think part of the conversation that uh, we were going to go through is seeding is important right now. And following our conversation that we had previously, transplanting our tropicals. You may have a little bit of an indicator that if your transplanting mode needs to happen, there's a couple things that uh, we ended our last show on by indicating that these plants need to be bumped up, and a couple of them that I, we mentioned quickly at the last show was a if you see roots coming through the bottom of the pot, yes, that means something 's happening, and it may be wanting to expand a little bit bigger if you see roots. Girdling and showing on the top. And I'm talking about going around in a circle. Sometimes we see roots like to be a little bit closer to the top, especially maybe on uh, some ferns like your um, foxtail ferns. You get these nodule ones that like to be there. Orchids, they like their roots up above because they air roots. They like to breathe. And just by even, believe it or not, if you have some of your pots in plastic pots, the distension or the the misshape of that plastic pot is an indicator that it is exploding from those pots and it needs a little bit more space is this a conversation that you guys want to keep on or we're going to go right to lines because we got judy is on the line good morning judy
1: good morning
0: good morning Uh, and where are you calling from today judy eli well good morning to everyone
1: out in eli We we have a prayer uh, plant here, a house plant. we call it a prayer plant, okay. and it, it always has brown tips on the leaves, and we're wondering why. okay,
0: brown tips there's a few things that may cause the brown tipping on some of your plants, so humidity plays a factor where if your home is very dry, you will sometimes get it because we think of tropical plants. Tropical atmosphere, which is usually high humidity, that they like. So, if you can create a little bit more of a humidity factor around it by placing or misting the plant frequently, so it has a little bit of moisture sometimes on its leaves. Uh, the brown edges can also be caused by overwatering and underwatering. This is a telltale sign, and it's hard because watering is is the hardest thing to do on a plant because if you're overwatering it could cause yellowing and browning and underwatering also causes browning too as well so do you have yellowing or just browning it's just it's a
1: beautiful otherwise nice and green except yep. for the brown tips
0: yeah i suspect it may be have more to do with the dryness and we do get drier in the winter Uh, With our furnaces going, it seems to take that moisture out of the air that's on it. The other thing that I've done, uh, Judy, to help with the humidity that's on there is if you get a large enough saucer, and I will do this on some plants where I'll get rocks that lay it, but the water is sitting below the rock level, so it's almost like this sitting in this sort of spa atmosphere where it has all this moisture bath underneath but it's important that the plant itself does not sit in water consistently so mm-hmm. the water would be at the depth underneath the rocks so it creates this moisture around it okay mm-hmm. we we mist it quite often wouldn't that help yeah misting should help but again in the winter time if it's you're, if you're seeing it a little bit more indicated through the winter it's it still dries out Mm-hmm. okay Okay, we'll try that then. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, frequently washing your leaves too as well. Uh, add some moisture onto the leaf content as well because you have to remember a lot of tropical plants live in the tropics and they're frequently watered on. So adding some moisture or washing the leaves really makes a good effect too as well. Okay? hmm I, di- I
1: actually didn't know this one was a tropical plant.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of them, they are, will be tropical plants. Okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for calling in.
1: Mm, Thank you.
0: Bye. bye Bye-bye. And that gets us back to the fact that, okay, we're not talking about it. As it's in my brain, I'm going to tell you, is keeping the, the leaves of your plants clean is very effective, too all right? Because A, if you're cleaning the leaves of your plant, you're actually wiping away if you have any uh, heavy dust, which sometimes, yes, <laughs> we do. And also too, if you have a bug on there, you can wipe it away. So you're wiping and frequently cleaning it, that it goes through, All right. The other thing that you can do is, uh, we've got a brand new product, and I love it. It's called We the Wild Plant Care, and it is a pre protective spray for cleaning the leaves of your plants and it helps to shine your leaves and it gives us this really nice effect that's on it so you can spray the top of the leaves you can spray the underlives of the leaves and it's formulated so that it actually keeps your plants uh, protected from the dust it actually gives it a beautiful little shine and it's wonderful that's on it it's organic that's in it it's got a lemon scent it's for house plants and you know what we started bringing it in and it is doing beautifully we've done some tests on some of our plants here and we like it so if you're looking for it but sometimes water works well too as well all right if we want to play in the soil and you're not seeding what better way to do it let's get our hands in the soil and getting things rejuvenated and get going because spring is happening That's the latest that's happening, all these little TikToks and videos that are out there. It's telling us spring is here. It's motivating us to get growing. So when we see that our tropical plants need to be bumped up, it's important to keep the pot size a slow graduated increase on soil. So we like to see maybe one, two inches wider. You could take a little bit more on the depth of the soil that you're wanting to put it into. But the one thing that we want, and the slow progress is the rationale. When we lift up the plant from the old one, we're going to sort of scour up. I say make it a sort of a messy hair day on the roots. Open up the roots when you plant it back into the pot with the new soil around it. Using a medium of... um, uh, tropical plant mixture, because a lot of our mineral soils that are heavy, like a garden soil, is a little bit too heavy for a lot of the tropical plants that we have. So they like the, the tropical blended mix that you have. If you like putting a little bit of organics in and you have it at this time, you could do a blended effect, but we don't want to go too heavy on topsoil or our heavy clay soil. Naturally, tropical plants don't grow in those heavy soils, so we don't want to cause a detriment from that. Now, the one or two inches in size is important. Just think of it this way. Um, If you visited us here, we have a ficus benjamina. That's a fig tree, small leaf fig tree, in our tropical house. It's probably 35 years old, and it's sitting in a pot that's maybe 30 inches wide. It was last transplanted probably about 15 years ago from a pot that was slightly uh, smaller than it, and yes... It's been maintained in there. And yes, we lay this tree down probably once or twice a year and we take about eight feet off of the branches because it rambles over the roof line of it, giving us that true tropical effect. So that tells you the proportion of the pot doesn't have to be in equation to what the top foliage looks like. So if you have a large, bushy uh, plant thinking that you need to match the width of the leaves on the outside from a smaller pot, no, no, no. Because A... The rooting system needs to be able to adjust and take up the moisture from the soil that it's into to a drier state. Otherwise we are creating too much water, which is called overwatering, for the plant to absorb and it needs that break. It's the roots need air and when it dries out, it's actually coming up. It's like us going swimming where we dive under, we need to come up for air. Those roots have to have air uh, modes or nodes around them every now and then for them to breathe. So they do not rot. So that's important. Now, if you're wanting to transplant and you have a little bit of bone meal around the house too as well, at this point, you could give it some beneficial additive that's in there as well. Uh, going back to We the Wild, I'm I'm all over this product because I really like it. They actually have an enriched product uh, powder that you can actually put into it. It's almost like those Mike, you know when we we talked about planting our plants outdoors for doing our transplant, there is a mycorrhizal which in, encourages root root growth on plants. Well, this one, We the Wild, has been constructed and formi- formulated for building resilient huge roots on houseplants. And believe it or not, I like it because it is a got the mycorrhizal properties, but it's also got worm castings or worms in there and it, it's actually been proven that it has a lot of, um, sorry, I'm trying to get my brain going, at it, that a lot of the beneficial fungi that is perfect for the microorganisms that encourage root growth. Just think of nature, all those years of leaf and humus and the uh, the composting of plants that is in the ground, now we're able to give it a little bit of a boost into our tropical plants and get it growing so they're lush, especially at this time of year where we're hitting into spring. We've changed our uh, daylight savings, so we're increasing our light, our daylight hours are increasing. These guys are going, let's grow, right? It's not just us that want to say, let's grow. The plants are actively growing and you'll see new growth, new leaves starting on these plants, okay? So that's another thing that we kind of can do. So you're going to add a little bit of nutrient base to your soil. You're going to be encouraging opening up those roots when you're transplanting it. Now, the most important thing when we're doing this, yeah, you know what? It's all important. But the one thing that I really want to uh, encourage that you do not do is do not plant your tropical plants deeper than the original surface of that root ball. Okay? I hope you understand. So the top soil surface of your tropical plant does not get any more soil on top of it. You're going to put soil around the sides and the bottom. Remember, loosening up those roots because if they've taken the shape of a pot, we want to open them up so that those softer, smaller roots are welcomed into that new soil that's around it. Now, I'm going to also give you a little bit of a tease because when you are planting trees and shrubs this spring outdoors, this is the same effect. Tropical plants, believe it or not, are somewhat like trees. They do not like to be buried deep. The same as our trees and shrubs that we put outdoors that's in there, just a little heads up because I'm going to be talking about it when spring comes and we're planting outdoors never put new soil to a depth that's on top of it. It will cause a detriment. I see so many plants come back in where trees have been planted, where they go a little bit deeper. And the first thing I look at is the depth of the soil where the original root ball is. And of course the cambium for about three inches above that original depth soil is mushy. And the cambium is the bark so we've basically choked it. We don't want to do this, folks. We want to keep the just match the soil level to the size of the pots and your plants are going to go that feels so good. I am ready to give you more leaves, more fun, more greenery because we know plants they're a good thing. Plants give us air, oxygen, right? Plants actually there's a fair bit of plants that will actually remove impurities from the air. They are quality plants that actually improve the air content in our homes. So why not? And plants? Yep, I'm going to say it. Plants make us smile. And oh, do they make us smile? Because people are coming in, they go through the gift shop, and the first thing they say is, where's the plants? Well, they're back there. And when they go back there, you should see the smiles. You should see the shoulders relax. I'm always saying it because it is true. I see it day after day. And a few days ago, we thought we were going to have spring and a little bit of snow that we got. But you know it's spring when you start stepping on some of that ice and it's kind of crunchy underneath because you know it's that thaw, freeze, thaw, freeze. A little reminder, though, it is slippery outside there, so if you're going to the potting shed to try and get some of your seeding mix thawed out to start seeding, just be a little careful on the ice. Are you listening, Mum? You've got to be careful on that ice out there. All right, we're going to go right back to the lines. Lydia's on the line. Hi, Lydia. Hello. Hi, where are you calling from this morning? Uh, I'm calling from Grenthal. Well, hello to everyone else in Grenthal.
1: Hopefully,
0: Thanks. How can we yeah. help you on the Lawn and Garden Journal? Uh, okay. I'm just calling about, uh,
1: like, we were growing some potatoes last last year, and uh, they had, like, underneath the peel, they were quite brown. I'm just wondering, like, what would cause that.
0: Oh. Underneath the peel? Yeah, yeah. They were, like, uh, yeah, I had to cut quite a bit of the potato off, you know? Okay. Yeah, it and was were you, kind of brownish.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, the, co- the color was kind of brown under the skin.
1: Yeah, it was. It wasn't like it was supposed to be.
0: Okay, so was um, it? Were they like on? Were there like scabs that are on there, or was it? No, no, there was no scabs on the peel. Okay, all right. Because sometimes um, when you get um, it, sometimes when you get browning underneath the skin, it's not like that. You know how you sometimes get that? It looks like little round scabbings that are on there that cause calluses and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, no, this was just like right throughout the potato, like.
0: Okay. Sometimes um, I think I'm just going there. I'm gonna I'm gonna investigate further. But the other aspect that we have that's in there are there could be a formulation. Sometimes you get this by uh, bruising that's in there. You sometimes get oh. a bruising. And it, uh, I think there's called internal bruising or a black spotting that ha- happens. And it's oh, by okay. damage. It's damaged cells of the potato. So when you're harvesting, oh. you're putting your potatoes in. Just make sure that they're they're you know, uh we're gentler with a little bit of the potato
1: I oh, think yeah, that's no, where it is. That was yeah, we did that was all good. Yeah. yeah I, no, this there's some kind of disease maybe or something, eh?
0: Well there are yeah. there are a lot of fungal diseases and viruses that can cause that formation of that. That's okay. Dead. And even mm-hmm. um sometimes even with the issues of the fungal diseases and that kind of stuff, sometimes watering habits could cause the effect of the combination of other diseases that come through it, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. so it could be a little bit of those combinations, but you know what? I'm going to mark it down. I'm going to investigate a little okay. further because I, I want to make sure that I'm giving you the right inf- information because okay. the, the first ones that I'm telling you now are the first ones that come to my mind that could be causing that.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering about that, and another question I have is... Uh, I've been trying to start up this canary bird vine, and uh, it just—they don't seem to sprout for me. The canary bird
0: vine? Yeah, they don't sprout for me. They don't sprout for you. Okay. Yeah. And you're you're starting from seed that's on it, or from yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. from seed. No, from a seed. Yeah.
0: Okay. Have you tried soaking your seeds first before you plant them?
1: Uh, Yeah, I did soak them for a whole
0: night. Okay. Um, Try putting them in the fridge for a few days. Um, Sometimes, yeah. Um, When you get your seed packets, they're going to be in your little package. And what I like to do, and I keep our seeds, uh, whatever I don't use from one season to another, I keep in the fridge. So it's almost like, not freezer, Mm -hmm. not freezer, in the fridge. So I put it in the fridge, and sometimes if it's in the fridge for a little bit, it's a stimulant that, oh. It's gone through almost like a, what we call a sort of a vernalization, where things are chilled, and then it comes out, and then it needs to set into an active sort of response to grow. So,
1: okay. If you uh, go ahead, put me. Yeah, go I've ahead. heard about like where you have to nick the seed. Like, how would you go about doing that? Like, that's the
0: other thing yeah. I was going to tell you about. Uh, okay. If you take a little bit of a sharp knife and. Please. please please don't cut yourself. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what you do is you cut it's almost like you're breaking the outer membrane where you're sliding the knife across the seed. And a canary bird vine seeds are very small, or not not like a petunia seed, but they are small, so you have to be very careful, but you could striate the the outer because some seeds are very hard too, right? So that's why we <laughs> yeah. soak them. Yeah. Right. Okay, okay. So then, just kind of
1: with a knife, you just kind of like nick yeah, it a bit. Yeah, gently. Thing. Gently okay.
0: nick it on the outside because that w- that's where you're going to get the emergence of your first uh, hydrocot, like your water shoot that comes out, the water root. Okay. Yeah. So that that would be okay then. Okay. Yeah. So try. Okay. We're going to tri- we're going to triple do this. We're going to chill them for a little bit of time in the fridge because um, right. okay. you really you really don't want to start your canary bird vines yet because they're fast growing once they take off.
1: Okay. Oh, they're fast growing. Okay.
0: They're fast. Yeah. You if you plant them now you're going to have vines all over the house. <laughs> okay. All right. So you, you still okay. you still have time. So, so maybe end of March or something. Uh end of March or the into April is when we'll be doing okay. our canary bird vine. Uh, because oh. they do oh
1: well, they do if you have some maybe I'll come and buy some from you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you can do that too, but I want you to be, but uh, you know I'd love to see you guys come down here. uh, it's great conversation, we do get to meet a fair bit of people, though, and you you're coming down, but it's also really good to have the experience of growing and doing your own too, so well let's yeah, try, exactly. try both ways, okay
1: oh sure, okay, okay,
0: okay thank you, Lydia. Good. yeah, thanks. okay, bye, yeah. bye- bye. All right. That's great. And it's always the experiment of trying to do your own items and you're doing stuff because there's challenges of seeding. And I know that, Tina, you're waiting. Um, There's challenges of seeding and there's the challenges of... of, uh, You're going to go through, I can seed this and I can't seed this, but it's kind of fun to watch what you are good at and you can be successful at. And don't think that if you try something and you fail once... Try again, because there's always the chance that you're going to try again, you're going to be successful, and you're going to go. I did it, right? And then you can get a thumbs up because you were successful. All right, we're going to go right to the lines. Tina's on the line.
1: Hello, Tina. Hi. Yeah. So I'm just wondering about my rhubarb. My rhubarb was uh, it's a green plant, and it's a couple of years old. And this last summer, it was just having shoots all the time. The seeds coming out pretty well all summer. Break them off and. And there to come again. So what, what's the reason for that?
0: Uh, stress. stress? Uh, sometimes plants will create a stress factor when you get where you're not getting uh, the growth habit that's happening to it. If a plant immediately goes to a seed mode, uh-huh. that means there's probably a stress factor that's happening to it. Is it uh, how old is the plant?
1: I think I haven't noticed, uh, I think three years, I'm not quite sure, two for sure, I know that.
0: And did you get any? Um, did any of the? Uh, did you get any of the fruit uh, thickening uh, on the,
1: the, uh, the stems, uh, A little bit, but they were very, very skinny too. Not very, no, not very good. So I would like to really have a really nice green, green rhubarb. So.
0: Okay, and are you planted in full sun?
1: Uh pretty well full, full sun. Yeah. So, except in the okay. morning, yes, a little bit shade, I guess. But afternoon, then it's all pretty well sunny all the time. So
0: Okay, all right. Sometimes um, I find that sometimes rhubarb uh, likes to have a little bit of shade around it, especially in the hottest part of the day that's on it. Okay. So if it's, if it's in a newer location and you're finding that it's in the full sun all, all, all day, no. make sure that you're adding some compost to the soil area so that it's maintaining a little bit of moisture
1: in the hottest part of the day. Okay, and okay. also and, and that different plant too. That's uh, kind of red. It's too uh, sometimes the, a lot of leaves. They get quite yellow in the stems and everything. I don't know what's the reason for that.
0: Okay, well, you could be low in nutrients that's oh. in there, and maybe uh, because your stems are very are staying very thin. Yeah, that's on there. That may give me a sort of a little bit of a flag going that maybe the moisture content may be too low. Too low. Yeah, oh, okay, because okay. it takes all that energy and that moisture to fill up those cells to make it uh, fleshier, right? Oh, yeah, I know, a number
1: of years ago, it was be- beautiful, and now it just uh, it comes up, but it doesn't last long, then they're starting to get yellow, you know?
0: Yeah, okay, so check and see, um, and did you say that it's a new plant, or but is it an the, old plant oh, that's the, been moved? The other
1: ones, uh, they're old. Okay, uh, oh, have yeah. you
0: ever split and divided it?
1: No, I haven't.
0: okay. I like this because our conversation gives us a next twist of where it may be happening. So if you have a very, very old plant, yeah, sometimes the roots get very compacted and too tight that they can't get that energy to grow as full as what it should be.
1: Oh, yeah, but actually it's yeah, not that full anymore. It's just here and there, a little few stems come up.
0: Yeah, there, but not- the plant... The plant needs to be rejuvenated. So if it's if it's a root that's been sitting there for
1: a very, very long time, yes. sometimes lifting and dividing gives better energy to the plant. Okay. okay. Dig, dig them out and uh, put fresh soil in there and then uh, plant them back. Now. Or split them and divide them. Try and split them, divide them. Okay.
0: Uh, maybe put one if you have room in your garden to put one where you get a little bit more afternoon shade. Okay. Put one in that little afternoon shade. Full sun with a little afternoon shade. Uh, put the other half back into the garden. Loosen up those outer roots that you're working at so it re- re-energizes re into the new soil around it. Okay. Okay? And I, when you're digging the hole up, um, if it's a big, big root, you may need some muscle to help you do
1: it. Okay. Okay? Okay, yeah. Well. Yeah, I hope I have more luck because last summer I uh, just had so little. It was not not good at all, so Oh. You know yeah. what, my I've I've
0: I haven't had my sort of morning breakfast and you have my mouth watering thinking about rhubarb muffins and rhubarb pie.
1: Yes, <laughs> and, and and rhubarb slosh is so good too. Rhubarb sauce? Yes, rhubarb slosh is like a slurpee. Oh. Yeah. Really? That's, that's very good out. Good too. You uh Oh yeah, we have about ten cups of rhubarb and ten cups of water and you cook it and you strain it and then you add about a big package of strawberry jello and a half a cup of lemon juice and you stir it. Yeah, well you cook it a bit after and then freeze it and in between you put an ice cream pail, uh freeze it and then it's frozen you try and scrape it off and get nice and like ice cream creamy. And oh, it, I totally it, want that recipe. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's very
0: simple. Very simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the best things.
1: Yes, don't you? and uh, you use uh, ginger ale or Seven Up. I like ginger ale. Oh, the grandchildren just love it. Both, well, you kn- most of them, they just love it. Even adults like it too. So.
0: Oh, that sounds so refreshing. If you if you can ever throw a, a, that recipe in the mail for me or whatever, or if you're around, drop me. Around, I would love that because you just reminded me. Uh, my mom. Good morning, mom. If you're listening, uh, she makes. The same sort of thing, but she does grapes, because she's got a bunch of grapes in the backyard that her and dad always did.
1: Okay. And when
0: they harvest those grapes, they make a grape juice. um, Same thing. Oh, yeah? What she does, Tina, she takes some of it, and she'll put some of it in the fridge, but she puts some in the freezer. So when the grandchildren, well, now it's the great-grandchildren that are coming over, and she brings out the grape juice, and she puts a little bit of bubbly with it, you know, like Sprite or Uh 7-Up, and... It is the best juice.
1: Oh, that could be, make a nice slur, slur rubers. And, uh, uh, like a slurpee. Uh, <laughs> a slurpee too. Yeah, it's nice and, nice and foamy. You have to be careful when you uh, put, I think, you first for, put this the uh, rubers in and, and a, a copper, cop or, or whatever you have, and then you uh, put a ginger ale on there and you have to watch it. You can stir it. It's very nice and foamy. Oh, it's. That's good.
0: So, okay. Last that that summer sound-
1: that I couldn't couldn't make any. I oh, didn't.
0: that sounds like you know what we're gonna <coughs> that drink that you just generated and just told everybody about. Uh-huh. If you send me, I will post it on um, one of the sites here. We can even probably see if we can put it on the Golden West site that's out because it sounds very good. It takes us from being in spring to thinking about sitting on a patio on a hot summer day, yes. drinking. Yes. <coughs> Tina's <coughs>
1: recipe for rhubarb Slurpee. slush. <laughs> 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 it's called rhubarb slush. rhubarb slush. Yeah, it no, becomes from Saskatchewan. And to, uh, Saskatchewan over. I mean, yeah, Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's, that's where that's where it comes from. So.
0: Well, you yeah. know what? My mom's from Saskatchewan too. It's a great
1: place. <laughs> okay, good, good. Okay. okay. Well, thanks very much. I hope my rhubarb's going to start giving me some stuff. So. I like hope you so say, too, rhubarb, Tina. Rhubarb pie and rhubarb slush and uh, rhubarb dessert oh they're, oh, they're all good, <laughs> good good good. You've
0: just encouraged everybody to go and get some rhubarb.
1: <laughs> okay, anyways, and have a good day and thanks very much. So. Oh, you're very welcome, okay. Tina, and thank
0: you for calling us yeah, on the Lawanda yeah,
1: Garden Journal. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, thank you. Okay, Bye-bye. have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye. <clears throat> wow, conversation. Now the last thing before we hit our next break is just remember when you're transplanting your tropical plants, drainage is key. Again, we do not want our roots sitting in there in the uh, water too long. You want to have a reservoir where you have drainage that goes out or create an area where your plant is able to get better drainage. Thank you for listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. Just a little bit of note. I'm a little shamrock. I'm a little shamrock. See my leaves? Count my petals, if you please. If you give me water and lots of sun, I'll bring you good luck and a whole lot of fun. We'll be back next week on the Lawn and Garden Journal. Bye-bye, everyone.